What are you drinking there? Uh, by Boost, it's Buka Black Raspberry. And and what what a buka is, I don't know. Like where it comes from, I don't know if it's a special black raspberry from the island of Buka, Buka ah, yes. Raton, Buka Raton. Yeah, Buka Raton. <laughs> I'm doing it again. Uh, Metacasters, I got a million of them. I got a million of them. It's sad but true. <laughs> Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. Innovation is dead. You heard me. And it's not just the Agile space. Sure, there's Safe version 35 that just came out, but there's no new frameworks. There's no new anything. It's been stagnant for quite a while. Look beyond that. Software industry does pretty much the same thing everywhere you go. What happened? What happened to 20% time? What happened to hackathons? Where did those go? How did they disappear before our eyes? Bob and I cover that but also we give you tips and tricks on how you can be the spark in your company to bring innovation back. I can't think of anything more exciting than that. Be the spark. On to the episode. Josh. Robert. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, I, I think the, we need to like innovate or something. What do you think? The, the death of innovation. It Ooh, is nigh. Yeah. You know what? You you are a pretty melodramatic character sometimes. You sort of you the bell for who the bell tolls. Yes. Yes. Uh yeah, the Reaper you know, is here. Let me set the stage for the Metacast um and uh and then see how you where you take it. Yeah. Uh, so Metacasters, uh I wrote a blog <laughs> yeah, I wrote a blog post. Uh, and it has a survey attached, actually. I haven't looked at the survey results, but I attached a survey of trying to get a sense of what is the, what are the innovation practices that people are using or still using. And uh, so the discussion was in a moose herd. I do this, uh, we do this two, twice a week moose herd uh, and lean coffee. And I threw this thing out there. I've been thinking lately, everyone, that I have not heard recently, recently being in the last probably five to 10 years. So in the previous five to 10 years, I heard a lot and I spoke a lot. So it's not just, I heard it. I was promoting things like Google 20% time, innovation time, uh, ideation days, uh, refactoring with the team, pairing, mobbing. And, and it was not just these tactical ideas, but it was also trying to give the team space for what I thought of as ideation or creativity or innovation. And, and what I got, like let's use Google as an example. It's a famous example of they gave the teams 20% time. So one day out of five to work on their own projects. And they got some of the, some of the leading Google products came out of those innovation days. Uh, so that was, that was in the maybe 2005 to 2012 range. And then, but recently, since then, I haven't heard people talking about that stuff so much. Uh, and that was, and I, so my, I'm pondering, is it, you know, has it been rolled into the culture of Agile so it's not worth talking about, it just is? It's, it's no longer a thing? Uh, or have we forgotten about innovation and we're just driving towards delivery? Uh, I, I have an opinion or a thought, but I don't have, I haven't conf confirmed. I just noticed the the lack of people were all over the place talking about refactoring and 
and innovation and pairing and haven't heard it in 10 years. So Josh, what do you think? I think it's, as I melodramatically said at the beginning, I think it's dead. And there's a handful of reasons that lead into that. Number one, you and I have spoke uh, a lot. There's got to be a better word than a lot about these frameworks that are out there that try and give you this silver bullet, this plan for how to do things. And I don't think many of those actually talk about innovation. It's about how do you maximize? How do you reduce waste? How do you, how do you squeeze all of the juice out of that orange? And that is a common theme that I see in, in my travels. Second, we talked a long time ago about agile jumping the shark and I do believe it's done that and partially because agile was implemented poorly in so many places. So what agile means in a lot of companies is vastly different from what the intention was still, still is, but it's become this thing. And there've been many failures with, with that whole process that has led people askew from, from agile. And we aren't even talking about innovation just in the agile world, but just period within companies that are operating, it is very rare to see a company that operates in that manner. And it was more popular to your point back in the day than it is now. I think there's a handful of things you can throw in the market and everything that's going on there that where everything had to tighten down with COVID and it hasn't loosened back up as much. In fact, there's been a ton of layoffs. Like there was this huge boom and then now it's been like, let's level this out because people overspent or whatever happened within those companies. So it's been a lot of trying to do more with less, not even more with the same, but more with less. And that feels like a very common theme as I go about my travels and talk to people in different companies that's that's the top priority right now and that's a that's a sad state of affairs because we're gonna just become this uh just this standard production line where you know we're just churning out average teams average yeah. products and that's a that's a scary place to be I remember the Jump the Shark episode, I, and it was a long time ago. It I was, don't know what yeah. number it is, but it was a while back. Uh, but I forget, you're probably going to hate me. What is the metaphor? It was a Happy Days episode. Yeah, it was Happy Days. It was. But what, tell me tell me what the, it means. So, I for, yeah, the, the episode was that Fonzie was water skiing and jumped over sharks and that was like the big thing in the episode so it turned into when something's like had its run and you're at the end and Uh, okay okay. you can kind of see it's not what it once was you know just think about happy days for those of you that are old enough to have seen that show Fonzie was this really cool guy like he was the guy that everybody wanted to be with a leather jacket and the motorcycle and all that stuff and then they had an episode where he was on water skis, jumping over sharks. It's like, what is what has happened here? 
And Agile has gone through that where it was this very exciting thing and everybody was on board and it was new. It was going to change the way that we worked. And then it became industrialized. And that's when Bob and I said, hey, it has jumped the shark and it's not what it once was. And I think that trend has continued, unfortunately. I, I Now that you're, you explain it that way, I, I do think there's a jump the shark moment. Um, now, I want to note something else, though. Um, a very cool guy. So Fonzie was cool in the day, but I think Bob Galen is the new Fonzie, is what I wanted to say. Like, like so I think suspenders and hats and matching hats are, are is the new cool, everyone. So I just, hey, I, hey. We are all thinking it. You know, I know. I just, just I just want to say, I, it, yeah. I'm just the first one to say it because yeah. I know everyone was thinking about it. <laughs> uh, you know, I wonder, Josh, if we've jumped the shark again. You know, it's like, you know, and I'm so around circa again, it's not the date of the episode, but I think there was, there may be this historical jump to shark moment. You know, so we've continued to spiral mm-hmm. and maybe we've jumped, maybe we call it jump the tuna or something maybe we jumped another smaller fish or something because it's we continue to the agile industrial complex is alive and well um let's go let's go back and to, i think that oh go ahead and i think that's the thing that was happening in that moment many years ago when we talked about it jumping the shark and it's accelerated and the i don't know if we call ourselves purists or whatever just the old folk maybe or whoever wanted to be the way it was we're all trying to find ways to recreate that but the industrial complex as bob says has grown and it has momentum and now conferences are about things like that versus innovation and so how can you, with your company, recreate that spark? That's that's what I'm hoping we can give to people here in this episode. Yes, it's easy for us to say like, oh yeah, you know the market's bad and this is you know it's not what it once was, and you have and we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. Uh, so I think if we can give people a glimmer of hope of how they can recreate that, then I think we've done our job. I mean, this, let me give everyone a, <clears throat> so Google 20% time was an innovation practice. And I'm not an expert. I wasn't working at Google at the time, but there was a period of time around 2005 to 2010, maybe in there, where Google decided to give all of the teams, every team member, uh, a d- basically a day to work on whatever they wanted to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 20% time was one day, uh, you know, a week. And, uh and, and what happened is teams, uh, individuals, they formed around ideas. So it wasn't just, you know, 8,000 people working individually. Uh, there would be an idea, so a, a novel idea around uh, or an innovation idea. And the idea would drive a collection of an agile team would form around it, not full-time, but a part-time agile team using their 20% time. And they would run an experiment. They would deliver something. Uh, and I don't, I don't have a mapping but the 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 uh, the feedback at the time from Google was some of their better known products, the genesis of those products came out of Google twenty percent time, 
and they ran it for a number of years. It was it was industry. We talked about it in industry, and people it was all it was almost like Spotify, <laughs> and people were excited about the idea, and they were trying it. Uh, when I was at Eye Contact, we used something not twenty percent, but something similar. It was uh, inspired by that, called Eye Days and innovation innovation days or Eye Days for Eye Contact, and we did it at the end of release sprint. So we carved out a week. For innovation at the end of quarterly. So basically, once a quarter, we would have a week of innovation time uh, that all everyone would get, and we would do things. Uh, it, at eye contact, about sixty plus percent of those ideas made it into the product. So the idea, the idea was the creativity was coming from the team. There were some guardrails, loose guardrails, but it was like, hey guys, we've hired bright, capable people. Uh, you know the client, you know the customer, you know our value proposition, you know the company, you know our goals. Uh, what can we do to be creative? And what happened is it opened the spigot and and stuff came out. Imagine yeah. that, right? And it wasn't driven, some of it was driven from leaders. I, it was it was fair game for a leader to drop an idea. What do you all think about this? But in general, it was, it was coming from the community at a company and it had a lot of energy. Like it, it created legs, it created energy. People were excited about doing that, and then showing it off at eye contact. We would we would demo these things, and they weren't completed. They weren't MVPs necessarily using that language. They they were they were experimental results, uh, but they were incredibly exciting and inspiring. Uh, so that's that's an example of what we're talking about, and that and the lack of that is an example of what's what's missing. I think. Yeah, and there was a period where that hackathon style was was the norm, and I've done it at other companies that I've been at. What killed those is what ends up killing many agile implementations is those things that I know you worked your tail off to ensure that the engineers had a real connection with the company and the product and how it drives the difference. And they understood the value of their product and all of the features. They knew how this feature made a difference. And unfortunately, many companies are very bad at investing the time and energy to empower the engineers with that knowledge. So a hackathon comes along Everybody's excited. Executives are nervous. They're always nervous with the first one because like, are we wasting time? You, you know, all yep. of these things. And then if and when they're not connected, it really looks like you've wasted time. And it's not the engineer's fault that they didn't deliver something of value. It's the yep. leadership's fault for not empowering them with the knowledge to come up with ideas that will make a difference in their market. So the engineers are kind of left with like, well, I'll, you know, I'll do this thing and it's kind of cool and it's this new language I wanted to mess with. And so it, from stingy executives, it looks like it's a waste of time. But as you can tell, Bob did a really good job of making sure everybody felt and knew the value that the product delivered to its customer. So it was easy to come up with ideas on how we can make it better. I think that's why things like this are very, very successful at companies where the builders are consumers. So you think about Spotify. I'm pretty sure everybody that works at Spotify listens to music. So they are using their product on a daily basis and get frustrated with it or GitHub. I'm sure everybody at GitHub 
uses GitHub. So they are consumers of, of, of that product, which makes it easy for people to deliver things of value. But most companies don't operate like that. Most companies are building things for disconnected customers that maybe they've never met. They don't understand. They've never been on site. They don't really get the challenges. And yet there's a hackathon that there's an expectation that magic is going to happen. And then it's like, well, we've wasted time because the engineers don't get it. It's like, well, the engineers don't get it because you didn't help them get it. And that's where those had this like bright moment where everybody was doing it. And then they dwindled off as the leadership did a poor job of educating the engineer so that the hackathon could be as successful as Bob is. Like I've always used that as that shiny example of like, Hey, I know this guy that did this and 60% of the things that they built in their hackathons became part of the product. Like how amazing is that? Uh, but it, but it dwindled off. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Josh, mm. just because it makes me happy. Not much, but you're talking about leaders positioning people to understand the market, to then be creative and innovative. I, I that's what I'm going to, yes, leaders have a responsibility, but I'm going to argue too that teams have that innate. A lot of teams gain that over time. Yes, leaders are should be doing that, but you know what? What if they're not? Creative ideas can come from the team and they're not just customer facing. What about like performance improvements? Mm -hmm. One of the things that, that was cool with eye contact, like folks, or some of our innovation days things was like, uh, we had a customer support desk. And we had a um, we had a desktop that we provided for customer support engineers to interact with this the product, and it was it, it was kind of clunky and it was inefficient for them. So some of the ideas were making our support desk more efficient to to support our clients. Some of it was to make things like seeding databases quicker mm -hmm. or performance issues. So we didn't limit the ideas. So some of them were technical issues. We got just as excited. Now, the technical the technical innovation was all in support of the product. Mm -hmm. But it was like teams, leaders need to do that, but they also need to understand that their teams know much more than they do. Teams in general understand the customer. They understand the problem landscape. They understand the domain. They really do. And leaders need to sort of augment that. But they also need to shut up, I, I guess, and get out of the way and just but create the space for the teams to shine and then trust their ideas. It's like, oh, I don't, you know, I never thought of that. That won't work. No, no, go ahead and try it. What the hell? Try it. So I, I think it's give them data, but also be supportive. I think of it as creating the space for innovation. Any reactions to that? Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic. And, uh, you know, I certainly was swinging pretty heavy on leadership because I see that happens so so often but but to your point there's an endless amount of things that are out there that i know teams want to do to make their own lives better and you know i am sure that the business understands the money that's being spent on engineers and if we can optimize that and reduce the amount of time we spend doing blah 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 that they'd be like yes let's invest in that so 100 percent agreed now one thing i want to switch there's this guy tom demarco uh, we'll try to give a link to everyone. So Tom DeMarco, uh, a mature project project management guy, he wrote, he and Tim Lister wrote some wonderful, collaborated on some wonderful back in the day in the 80s and 90s, maybe early 2000s, some work. Uh, he, he wrote a book called Slack. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's the title. And, and it's not agile Slack. And it's trying to create Slack time. So not buffer, not artificially buffering projects or project plans. But he talked about the importance of creating looseness in a system, a team, an organization. And he said innovation comes. So if you run an org- if you run things at 100% utilization, or or 120% utilization, you you are not creating any space for any thinking. All you're getting is work, mm-hmm. right? And if you want if you want creativity, you got to create the space for it. You got to give people time, space for that. There is now Google gave 20%, but it, there's no and that that was fantastic. I'm not but there is no magic number. And he, he talked about creating the wiggle room in the system and it's slack time in the system. And leaders have a responsibility, back to Josh's point, leaders have a responsibility to fight for this. Now we've lost, I don't know, if, I don't think many leaders nowadays are even fighting for this or making the case for it. And it's not just for innovation, it's for even like changing, it's change, it's guiding themselves through change. So if you're introducing new agile methods, people, if you notice that, it's not being adopted. Ask yourself, are we running everyone at 120% utilization? Well, then they don't even have time to think about the change and internalize the change. So it's slowing down your change curve. So it's an innovation. Slack helps with adopting change, accelerating through change, people change. And it also helps with ideation, innovation, et cetera. And, 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 and it's a great book to read from that supportive point of view. Go ahead, yeah, Josh. There- there's the image I've seen used on LinkedIn. Um, I wish I could remember where it was, so I give the person credit. But think about race cars. And high-performing teams are those F1 cars that are custom-built to run as fast as possible. And at a certain speed, they could be upside down because the downforce is so strong. Things like that. They have pit stops they have engines that blow because they're pushing the car too hard. So even the best of the best of the best need that break to reset, optimize, figure out how to not let that engine explosion happen again. You know, yeah. if you just put them right back on the racetrack with the same <laughs> engine, it's probably going to happen again. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so then think about, okay, maybe you aren't an F1 team yet. Maybe you're new at adopting Agile or you have a bunch of people that are new to your team. So it's your normal passenger car that's going down the street. If you put the hammer down on the highway and have it, you know, running at RPMs at the highest end going 150 miles an hour, the engine's not ready for that. The engine's not, heck, the tires might explode. The tires might not be rated. So there's all of those things that, as you are dealing with growing teams, there's more slack that's needed or you have to allow more time for that slack to readjust. And yes, the, 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 the higher performing the team is like an F1 car, it's, it's probably going to need less, but it also is going to get to some pretty complex problems that you're not going to have with the normal passenger car. And that's a thing that I think if people just visualize that and know their daily basis of like, hey, I need to change the oil in my car. I need to rotate the tires. I need to do yeah. all those things. Uh, if you don't allow for that to happen, your car is not going to last very long. 
I remember DeMarco said he, 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 he quoted Slack. I mean, that was his title, but he, uh, he likened it to degrees of freedom in the system. And, and some systems, teams, organizations have no freedom. But we, but we expect as leaders and as customers, we expect innovation and creativity, but we're not paying for it. We're not creating the space, that, yeah. that space for it. Uh, to reinvent, and he talks about it, the degrees of freedom to reinvent yourself, the degrees of freedom to, to reflect, the, the degree of freedom to not just have a reflection or a retrospective, how about personal reflection? Like I, I have 15 minutes and I'm thinking about new ideas for the product. I have, I have the time for that. So there's a couple of things I want to hit on. Number one, we are attacking a lot of things that are out there and hopefully we're attacking because we're misinformed. So if you're hearing some of this and say, no, Bob, Josh, I see this. You just aren't looking in the right places. Please leave comments on YouTube. Help us understand that it is out there. Share with your peers. Share with everybody out there that is listening to this that saw the titles like, ooh, uh, I, I don't see this either. Because it will spark ideas and thoughts for Absolutely. others to help them work through this challenge. Then the last piece that I want to hit on, maybe not the last, but the last key point I wanted to make is I've been spending a lot of time with teams that are newish to agile and there's a human condition that I continue to run into that there's this need to overpack sprints. So uh -huh. we as humans have this unusual desire. I haven't labeled, I'm sure there's science that's been done on it that explains how our minds work, but it is very, very difficult to get people on the ground to not overcommit to a sprint. So then you roll that upstream to the longer term planning. And it's just, it's, it's weird. It's human nature to like over plan or to set expectations too high. And I'm a guy that likes to set expectations high, but just getting a team to actually commit to less than they committed to the previous sprint takes a lot a lot of work and i've been wrestling with why do we do that what's the driver for setting ourselves up to fail i think i think leaders need to create so i'm not taking the team i the teams are on the hook for that i think mm -hmm. i've seen that repeated folks like to over deliver right folks like to it's a challenge i mean we're problem solvers if we can sign up for 20 points <laughs> if 20 points is good 30 points is better, right? If five stories are good, 10, oh, let's, let's do that. So there is this human nature uh, and, and just getting comfortable. Like, so at a team level, thinks, are we building in slack time? And, and don't, and, and feel good about it. Don't feel bad about it. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Uh, and, but then I think leaders have this responsibility to constantly remind the teams, you do this, Josh, you'll poke at a team that's doing that. Mm -hmm. You encourage them. You'll suggest an experiment. You'll give them space, right? Uh, you'll call it out. And you're not calling them out, but you're calling it. It's okay. It's okay to under-deliver or under-plan or under-forecast. Under Just see what happens. Let it emerge. So I think you, you good coaching and good leadership can help offset that a, a little bit. Yes, the, yes, that is certainly key. 
but the number of teams that I've pulled up like a velocity chart or something like that, and they consistently plan for 80 points, like every sprint, but every sprint they deliver like 50 or 60. And so then religiously, this next sprint planning, we come in and we're going to plan for 90 points and just the facts, like, let's just look at the facts. You know, we, we, we have consistently been able to deliver 60. Why don't we just plan that? And then, well, blah, 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 blah. Like all these excuses come out of like, well, we have some carrier. We have all these things. This, this isn't really a 13 or whatever. When like, okay, cool. But just look at the screen. This is what we can do. Yet everybody gets to the end is like frantic. Why are we doing that to ourselves? Like that's self-inflicted chaos. Yeah. But, but we have a maximist society, Josh, to some degree. I mean, why is there, why is there a four burger Whopper? Why can you get a Whopper and you can order 82 slices of bacon and put on it, right? In America, maybe, maybe worldwide, right? And no human being can eat 82 slices. You will die at 52 slices of bacon, right? <laughs> the human body cannot consume that much bacon. But we repeatedly, you know, I, I'm not, it's not yeah. about, but we, we have this like bite off more than you can chew. And for and, and there's a psychological reasons. There's there's sort of the way we've been trained, the way we're incented. It's I almost think there's a deprogramming aspect sometimes at a team level, maybe at a leadership level. Go ahead. I just don't understand how teams don't get tired of losing. I know. I know. Like that, I like, know. That's what I don't get. But is, they don't. But it's not the results. Yeah. It's that number. Right. And, and that's the, that's the shift that has to happen from a, right. And, and as a leader, you can emphasize, you get no credit. You and I've had this discussion, yeah. right? You, so 90, you, you, you planned 90 and you delivered 20. <laughs> the number is 20. It's not 90. Yeah. You can plan 90 if you want to, you can whatever, for whatever reason, but you've delivered done, done, done 20 points or five stories or whatever. And you, sort of teams will learn that if you emphasize it project managers go around there was what it was at estimates and then actuals right <laughs> yeah yeah right so yeah. estimates are the 90 and actuals are the 20 what it project managers got really perky about <laughs> it was the estimate right get it sooner so sooner is better whether it's realistic or not doesn't matter and and in actual go ahead my 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 challenge is that that ultimately is created way upstream by ineffective planning for all the various reasons, both at the roadmap level, the, you know, quarterly level, the sprint level, it just becomes this compounding thing yep. where pressure, get, it's like the, this is probably a bad example given what's happened lately, but, um, the deeper you go in the ocean, the higher the pressure is. So it's kind of easy to make those choices when you're at the surface. And then as then as you go deeper, the stakes really get uh, a lot more risky. And, 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 and so that's where it ultimately comes down to the teams probably feel like, gosh, so we have to ship this. We have to do, if we don't do 90 points to sprint, it's over. And then you don't do 90 points. Well, if we don't do 120 points, uh, all those things. Okay, so we've spent, let's see, We've spent uh, 30-ish minutes talking about all of the issues that we see that are out there in this realm of innovation feels like it's dead. Great. 
complaining doesn't help anybody. So Bob, how are we going to help people bring back innovation? How are we going to innovate, enable them to innovate so that innovation happens? They have to do something different. What well, is I think, I think the answer is already, we've just stopped. So the answer is whether you have management support or not, there is some, there is some cover you can have at a team level of like I days, innovation days, a uh, pairing, mobbing, refactoring, trusting your gut, biting a, a slack. If there's a term metacasters build slack into the system, mm -hmm. slack for thinking. Imagine, I, I always thought of it that way, Josh. It's like when you're running at 100 to 120% or more, where's the think time? Ideas come from having time to think, to ponder. Um, and and that's on the job and that's at home, et cetera, right? So I think it's build Slack, one action. I can't tell you how to do that. Uh, you you were talking practically about plan for less, right? Don't. Don't plan at your 100% capacity. Plan at less capacity. Not to get more work done, but to create some innovation time for yourselves. Now, leaders, if, if leaders are listening to this, then I, I'd say do some systemic Slack injection into your systems, right? Oh, Josh, I want to I bring something up before I forget okay. it. Okay. So we were talking about this in the Moose Herd, everyone, uh, this lean coffee. And someone brought up, who will remain nameless, someone brought up that, you know what, Bob? I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't hear much about this stuff nowadays. And I heard much more. So there was a decline, although I'm still open-minded. I don't know if it's gone or not. But he said, but you know where, where innovation is remains? And I'm like, where? Where? Where is it? Tell me where it is. And he said, I need a drum roll. Safe, the scaled agile framework maintains space for innovation. Use it as an innovation sprint or something or other. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's probably in layer eleven point two point five point six, but but it's in there. And I didn't have the courage to fight it, but it made me. It made me sad. I'm still recovering from it. So everyone, if you want an example of a place where innovation is still is still there, then just just install safe. It'd be interesting to to read through some of their documentation around that. They but. do. I mean, and and you know what his point was? They have a name there. It gives people cover, and I bought. So they have a an innovation something or other that's in the iter. It's in the it's it's in the myriad of words. And, and what it gives teams the ability, it says, oh, what? Safe gives us cover for it, which is what Google did. So, yes, Metacasters, you, sh you should be building Slack into the system. But the organization or leadership team needs to, it's much easier if they give you some cover. And I think Safe does that. Now, people have to take advantage of the cover, but Safe does do that. Uh, a nitpick on my end. And I don't know if this is your word or, word or theirs, but it's not going to work if you call it cover. Uh, like, hey, like we're trying oh. to like. So that was my word. Thing... So, so, okay. so okay. okay, give me okay. a. Yeah, yeah. So no, go there. Go just, for a better just, word. If you give it cover, then you're like trying to like almost hide it, as opposed to celebrate it. So 
I would change the terms of like, how do we highlight, celebrate, create, innovate, use all of those words. I think that puts it in a better place rather than like, Hey, don't look over here. You know, no, no, it's not, I used a bad, so let me, it's my word. It's an old timer word. Use it. It creates space. Because if someone challenges you, you could say, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this because it's the right thing and safe. Yeah. And safe yeah. supports. Gotcha. It. Okay. So it gives you it gives you cover to do that. But you're not covering, you're not hiding it. In yeah. fact, they they want to demonstrate it. Now, okay, cool. the, now I can't stop, I can't applaud safe. You know this, Josh. I don't, I know. Right. Just just providing the term doesn't necessarily mean that people people are really like empowered and engaged like you can be doing safe and i have to run like josh is the director of engineering in a safe instance and safe says do innovation sprints but damn it you got to run every innovation idea by josh yeah for approval right yes and and that's not innovation or or josh has thumbs up thumbs down or he's going to grade it yeah right he's and and there's going to be promotable and that or fireable yeah exactly yeah yeah so so there's a mindset aspect to it there's a empowering people the innovation does not come from the structure so i don't care if safe creates the space for it that's great but but the safe leaders also have to inspire and empower their teams yeah yeah and then sit back and then to josh's point applaud their results right yeah that's the irony in safe and innovation Uh, so cool we've talked about these things i'm an engineer i'm listening to this and bob the idea of that space for me to think about something sounds fantastic how do i do that do it just do it plan in a break every hour every two hours take 15 minutes go on a walk go on a walk go sit on a bench Go find somewhere quiet, go find an empty meeting room or something like that. And just allow yourself to think about how you can make your life better, the team's life better, the customer's life better, all of those things, whatever it might be. Just think. Well, don't, and don't just go alone. Go grab Josh and me, go grab two other team members, go into a white room, uh, a whiteboard room and virtual or physical and brainstorm. What customer yeah. problems do have I seen? Is there a bug out there that you should, you want to fix? Have the innovation to do that, right? Is there go talk to your go talk to customer support. If you have a customer support group, go talk to sales. What's the biggest what's the biggest impediment in selling products? Be curious. Get out now. You need time to to walk about, right? You need time to do that. You need to be supported in doing you need to be applauded in doing that so do it individually mm-hmm. but i don't i don't think the innovation josh let's go back to google 20 percent it wasn't individuals oh, i'm thinking hard thoughts in a closet it wasn't that it was idea brainstorming as small groups and then taking the idea and doing what making it real mm-hmm. running the experiment so that's what I would encourage. Do it at a team level, small, not just the whole team, maybe two or three people. Run an idea, brainstorm, connect it to your customer. Yeah, think think about all of the companies that are out there that talk and preach about, we want ideas to come from everywhere. 
And if somebody has an idea, we're going to turn it into reality. But yet that slack is not created for that idea to even, you know, reach its genesis, let alone turn into something that's actually real. So you may have to create some of that on your own. And I have a hard time thinking thinking of a company that if you were to do that and come back with an idea that's been vetted and thought through and you know how difficult it is to build and you put that in front of the whoever's leading product, I have a hard time viewing people saying, why'd you do that? That was dumb. Uh, I think it would be welcomed and encouraged at that point. So somebody might have to be that brave soul that sticks their neck out there a little bit and does that. And that could be the moment we talked about the jump, the shark moment. Maybe that's the moment where you rewind that video and Fonzie doesn't jump the shark. So you can do that. You can start that. It doesn't have to be this big, like we can't do anything unless there's a company planned hackathon. Not true. Not true. You can kickstart it. You can work through it. And I bet if you talk to that product person, like, Hey, I'm researching this. What do you think? They'll probably jump in and bounce ideas off of you. And then it becomes even better. So you have to be, you have to be willing if this is important to you and you're frustrated it's not happening within your company, you can be that spark. Let me wrap it up at eye contact. I talked about eye days there and it had great results, Josh. I remember when I first proposed it, I felt like I had to give them my firstborn children. Yeah. The, the leadership team. I mean, it was not easy because everyone was doing the minute by minute math. Mm-hmm. You're talking about taking a hundred engineers for a week mm-hmm. and having them work on whatever the hell they want. Are you crazy? Right. Uh, I mean, uh, we're, you know, we may fire you. Right. So, so it does, there is a speed bump at the individual level, at the team level, and at the organizational level. Someone someone has to go over that. I'm not blowing my horse. Someone has to do it. And then the results speak for themselves. Yeah. So, and I, I think you can create momentum. Uh, and it's really sad that we've lost this. If anyone, uh, one of the comments I was reading, someone said, you know, back in the day at IBM, I saw, if you've ever seen this stuff in action, it's not a joke. Teams rock. Innovation emerges from empowered teams. You just have to sort of show the organization what's possible. Actually, Josh, to wrap it real quickly at eye contact, I remember uh, the CEO came to me and they wanted to actually increase the number of eye days. Mm. <laughs> right. Not not initially, but it was like he's I'm like, so if 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 three or whatever it was is be- is good, it's like we Bob, I think we should double it. I thought I was talking to like, I, I didn't know who I was talking to. I'm like, what happened? Were you drinking? But that that's the point. That's the point. It does. It's hard to deny or negate this stuff when it's happening. And that's what you want from your teams. Any leader wants this kind of stuff. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Are well, we done? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's put so, that fork in it. Now I hold it. Let me give me okay, give okay, me okay, give me okay. give me some slack. You got no, it. Give me give me some slack. Okay. You got it. All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And from beautiful downtown Fuquay Varina, North Carolina. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>